Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. Okay, so this episode that we have for you this week, I feel like we both are probably going to get a little ranty, but I say that with love because we have all been there with crummy clients, and I feel like both of us, Krista, have had some pretty crummy clients, and our listeners might have had worse clients than us, or they might have not experienced this yet, But we wanted to give you some red flags that we have experienced so that you know what to look out for before you end up in crummy situations like what we have experienced. Now, with that being said, I think sometimes it's just too late. I have definitely had clients who kept their crazy hidden until (laughs) after the project was booked. And after that, you're like, I just have to stick it out. Or you have to do the really hard thing, which is decide if you want to refund them and all the sticky situations that come with that. But there are some things that you can look for before you book the project, and that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we get started, Krista, I just wanted to know, do you have any experiences you want to share about this? I don't want to talk about it. I'm just kidding. (laughs) There was a period last year that I feel like I just had like the worst clients in a row ever, like three right in a row that just made me want to go back to working my full-time job. And that is saying something. But one of them that's sticking out the most is someone I was just doing like kind of random website maintenance for. She was on WordPress and she just had me there to help her out when she needed it. And my contract is super clear about what it takes to like get me scheduled to do something and how payments work and all that good stuff, but she did not care. She was always popping up with the most random things for me to do and she wanted it like tomorrow. So even if I said, okay, I'll get that to you in two weeks when I was booked out for two months, that was not okay. Like she was, she would get like irate if she had to wait more than a couple days. And then along with that, even if I was rushing, she always was haggling prices, always trying to get me to come down. I would go to her and say something is $100. She'd be like, oh, well, could you maybe do it for $75 instead? Like, no, now it's $150, you know? And then after, just on top of all that, she just didn't understand anything about WordPress or like the internet in general or blogging and kind of wanted me to be like her personal coach without any additional charge. She wanted me to teach her about email marketing and how to write blog posts and all that and just like talk to her in my spare time, which I'm sorry, I just, that's not how I roll. So she was a major headache that I eventually had to get rid of and probably covers a lot of our red flags that we'll go over today. (laughs) 
Okay, so let's just go on ahead and get started talking about some of those really awful red flags. So number one that I think is kind of hard to get a handle on, but it definitely is a huge red flag, is whether or not they've worked with other designers on that same project and how it's worked out. So they are not necessarily going to offer this up. They're not going to say, I have worked with five other designers and this project still has not been done. But if they offer up that, you know, they just worked with so-and-so and for some reason it didn't work, then it's definitely worth asking why the project hasn't been completed. Sometimes the designer is at fault, but usually it's the client and most of the time they don't actually realize that it's their fault. Yeah, and I see this happen in Facebook groups all the time, and the responses that other designers post, like, just make me cringe, because someone will post something like, I've worked with three designers to try to get this right, and no one can get it. Can someone help me? And there'll be designers like, oh, I'm so sorry you had a bad experience. Here's my website. And I'm like, girl, you might want to just delete that comment, because this is going to be a problem. Like, it's usually not the designer's fault, especially when it's multiple people that they've tried to work with. Red flag. (laughs) Yeah, if they tell you they've worked with like two or three designers, run the other way. Like just run away really fast. (laughs) Okay, so another red flag that is way easier to spot is do they have a really specific idea about what they're wanting for their design or do they seem kind of vague? So maybe they aren't really sure what they want. And you can usually tell this right away based on their inquiry emails. So you don't have to worry so much about this popping out of nowhere after the project has been started. Though sometimes that can happen if they had one you know, inspiration or idea before they booked you. And then once they're getting started, they're like, well, I don't know. Either way, it's a total headache. Um, Also, another way you can tell this I've noticed is the way they talk about their inspiration. And this kind of leads me into a completely different point. But if they are sending you logos or websites and they're like, I really love this exact thing, thing. Can you just create something exactly like this? That's another red flag. You don't want someone who's asking you to just copy something. Mm -hmm. So people like that with the really specific ideas essentially are going to make you a pixel pusher, aka someone who is just, you know, moving stuff around, using their exact fonts. You're just creating their exact vision. So they are so hard to deal with because they don't let you be creative. You don't get to really flex that muscle that you love so much. Mm -hmm. That's what they're paying you for. And like, I think that's maybe the last kind of nightmare client you had. You had a project you were super excited about, and then all of a sudden, she knows exactly what she wants, kind of, enough to tell you exactly what to do, and then tell you why what she told you to do wasn't right. But it was like miserable for you because you knew what looked right, you knew what would work better for her business, but she just thought she knew absolutely everything. Yeah, I actually forgot. I was thinking about further past clients when I was outlining this specific point, 
but you bring up a really good project. You know, I was so excited about the direction we were going in, and I thought I had some really great ideas for her logos and her website, and when it came down to me presenting those things to her, it turned out to be a total nightmare project because she had this really super specific vision in mind, and so I was literally, by the end of the project, I had just created the exact logo she probably could have created herself, Mm -hmm. and that's really frustrating because you want to be able to be creative and help them, you know, bring something to life. And what made it even more frustrating was that I had actually worked with this client in the past and they were not like this whatsoever on the previous project. So the crazy came out in the middle of the second project. (laughs) So that's something to keep in mind too. Yeah, you never know when it'll show up. Yep, you just don't know. (laughs) So kind of on the opposite end of that is people who are just like, I have no clue, you know, they're wishy-washy, they're kind of vague, and they have no idea what vision they want, and that makes it hard for you because you have no clue where to get started. And I've had clients like this too, and it's really like you're kind of banging your head on your desk because you're like, I have no clue what you want. You don't even know what you want, so how am I supposed to know? And literally, the only way you will know is if you're a mind reader. And if that's the case, can you please share your abilities with the rest of us? (laughs) We'll hire you. Um, But funniness aside, these people have a really hard time not only figuring out what they want, Um, as their overall vision, but at the end of the day, they have trouble even making up their mind once you do present things to them. And this can make it really frustrating for you too. It can make your project go on way longer than what you had originally planned for. And it's just a headache. So what I say here is if you have someone inquire with you and they're like, I know that I want a new design, but I'm not really sure what I want. You can ask them questions to kind of dig deeper and maybe see if they do actually have something in mind um, so that they're not too vague. Or if you have people who are like, here is exactly what I want, then you just kind of want to steer clear of both of those types of clients. Mm-hmm. If you like things to go smoothly and be able to just do your process without worrying about bumps in the road, definitely avoid those two people. Totally. Now, another kind of person out there is the potential client who is going to try to rewrite or just negotiate different kind of terms in your contract. And when I was thinking about this, I actually remembered that you and I tried to partner up on a project last year. And the person we got as far as, you know, sending our contracts, getting ready for to send our invoices. And after she saw our contracts, I can't remember if it was yours or mine, or maybe I think, yeah, I was gonna say, I think it was both of them she literally came back and it was like she was a teacher with a red pen and was like I want to change this I don't like that blah 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 and we were like no (laughs) (laughs) goodbye this is never good when someone wants this because your terms are in your contract obviously to protect you 
But something that a lot of clients don't realize is that you are also trying to protect them. So there are some things written in there that are going to protect them if something goes wrong or if you can't deliver on the project. So like I was saying, in our situation, we responded respectfully with we don't accept contract changes and we referred her elsewhere. (laughs) Yes, we did. Respectfully on the front end, sassy on the back. (laughs) Yes, lots of sass on the back end. And I'm curious, have you ever had that happen to you any other time? Because I haven't. I was really surprised when that happened. The only other thing I can think of is people responding and asking if they could break the invoice up into three instead of two payments. That's totally cool. I can handle that. But when you're trying to tell me what my term should be, no thanks. So luckily, that was just the one time. So sometimes this isn't a big deal, and sometimes this is. So I kind of wanted to cover both of these ends. Um, It's not a big deal, and to me, it's not a red flag if the person really wants to work with you, but they just can't afford you. So this has happened to me several times, and I think it's happened to you too, um, where the person really loves your work, they really want to work with you, and unfortunately, they just don't have the budget. And sometimes you can tweak your Um, invoice payments when those are due, like you were just talking about. But I think you can also tweak your packages to find something that works for them. And I actually just got an inquiry as of recording this for someone who I would tweak a package um, for. And I know you have kind of done something similar where if someone wants to work with both of us and they can't afford our full budget, then we'll just send them to Coded Creative to get a theme. And then we can do some small design or development tweaks so that they can afford to get a new look without breaking the bank. Yeah. And I do this a lot with designers too. If I have a designer that comes to me with a client who can't afford my full custom site, I also have a semi-custom package. So if their budget is, I don't know, maybe $1,000 or something, I'll be like, okay, can't do something totally custom, but let's find a theme that's a really close fit. We'll make some tweaks, be good to go. So I think I agree. I think those kinds of situations are totally fine. The only time it becomes a problem is if they are trying to get you to work for free. And this is not something um, I was going to talk about as like a main huge red flag, but you don't want to work for free. You can't pay your bills on air or pretty designs, and that's something important to keep in mind. So, you know, just keep that in mind if someone is like, oh, I can't afford to work with you. Can you do this for $100 or for free? Most of the time, the answer is a big fat no. Yeah. So going along with that, the opposite of the people who, you know, just can't afford you, sometimes people literally are just not willing to pay what you're worth. And 100% of the time, those people do not have the respect for you to pay what you're worth. Mm -hmm. So they don't respect your time, your expertise, you know, all of the hard work that goes into the project. And so it is not worth working with them. And not only that, it's just not worth fighting with them. Because I know sometimes people 
want to go back and justify, you know, why they charge a certain rate and all of these things, you can if you really feel like having that discussion with them and if you think maybe they just don't know enough about why you're charging that. So maybe you can explain, you know, my prices are this high because of my experience, my expertise, you know, how much time the project takes, and then you can leave it at that. But I would say it's not worth fighting with them any more than just putting that on the table. If they keep wanting to negotiate the price with you, it's better to just refer them to someone else who has lower rates and just call it a day. Yeah, and keep in mind that if you do budge for a client like this, it's not going to get better. They are going to expect more out of you. The clients who are willing to pay, they understand. They value what you do. They know it's difficult. That's why they're willing to pay you. These people that aren't, if they're going to want ridiculous revisions and not expect to pay more, if they do come up with something that needs to be more, they're going to put up a fight. Like, it's not going to be fun at all. So it is just not worth budging once for it because it's just going to keep happening with that person. I totally agree. And I think this is one of those things where it's a huge red flag because you don't know what they're going to want to haggle with you on during the project Mm -hmm. and how much of a headache they're going to end up being. So instead of taking the risk and saying, okay, well, I can do the project for this much money, just don't deal with them. You know, it's just not worth it. Yep, agree. So there's another kind of person to be on the lookout for and actually two different but it kind of goes hand in hand and that is the person who is so impatient and really pushy or the person who is too relaxed and it takes way too long to hear back from them and I'm talking about before you even book the project you can spot these red flags. So you can generally get a pretty good idea about their personalities and their schedules, like I was saying, before the project even starts. So the people who are impatient are going to be the ones who are sending you lots of emails, including at night after business hours, you know, just because they are willing to stay up until midnight and email you doesn't mean you're willing to stay up until midnight to email them. And... Those people don't respect your boundaries, and they are just so pushy. And then the other kind of person, obviously, either they're too relaxed or they're too busy, and it just takes forever to hear back from them, just to even try to get a proposal together or try to move forward with their project. Mm-hmm. These, to me, maybe our next one will be the worst, but these, to me, are one of the worst kinds of clients. Like... I get so anxious if I log into my inbox and see that I have like five emails from the same person. Like that's too much for my brain to handle. So yeah, when I see something like that right away before I book, I'm like, sorry, cannot do this. And then like you were saying, if someone's just going to take days or weeks to respond, you got to expect that to throw off your entire timeline. And if you work um, pretty tight with your timelines, you do not want these types of people throwing you off. Yeah, thinking about the people who send five or six or ten emails before you can even respond to one, was the client you were talking about at the beginning of the episode, did she do that or was that she someone did. else? She didn't do that. <laughs> oh, seriously. It was I. It got to the point where I would literally get anxiety every time I went to click the little Gmail um, 
icon I have in my bookmarks bar. Like just knowing that I was going to see her name at the top of my inbox with several different random crazy things that I needed to sort through. Like the worst. I, I was not a fan of that. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, but sometimes it's not just you think you have one email from them, but when they start multiple threads and you <sighs> see their name like 45 times, it's like, no, I can't yeah. deal with you today. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, with her, I would literally get a notebook out when I would open her emails to start taking notes and trying to tie all the pieces together to figure out what was going on. Like it got that intense. I totally forgot about this. You're bringing me back, Corey. Thanks for that. <laughs> so as you kind of mentioned before we talked about this awful client again, this is usually how they are going to be once the project has actually started. Yes. So if they have sent you three emails because they haven't heard from you in two hours, they're going to do that same exact thing during the project. And they're probably going to do that same exact thing if they need support from you or something else after the project as well. So you definitely want to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Now, this is one of those things where I totally realize, and I think some of the other things, too, that we have talked about and the next point, um, if you're absolutely desperate for the project, you're like, I have to take this to be able to eat this month then you want to try to factor a little extra into your pricing to deal with that. So especially on this one, if you see that they're going to be emailing you a lot and you're going to have to be paying attention and doing some extra hand-holding, then try to factor in an extra $100 maybe or more than that or less than that depending on your prices so that you know that, okay, well, I'm having to deal with this really crazy client, but I did upcharge a little bit to kind of help deal with this. Mm -hmm. You'll still probably by the end of it feel like it wasn't totally worth it, but the upcharge does help a little bit. Oh, most definitely. All of the clients that are pushy with their emails always by the end of the project, I'm like, it wasn't worth it. Yep. I don't care how much money I just made. <laughs> <Yep>. wasn't worth it. <laughs> now, the last red flag that we have for you is the people who want to communicate in a way that you just are not comfortable with. And I know you have wanted to talk about this, Krista, so maybe I should let you kind of talk about this point. <laughs> Either way, but yeah. <laughs> um, I am the type of person where I'm okay getting on the phone or Skype or whatever. I'm, I'm semi-comfortable with it, but once or twice in a project. Like, it drives me insane. If I log in and on my calendar for that day, I see a couple calls, like it totally throws me off my groove when it comes to like a half hour before that call is scheduled. I can't focus anymore. Then, you know, I'm kind of, you know, all amped up for 15, 20 minutes after. So that if it's a half hour call, that's over an hour of my time that day that I spent with that call. So I am not the kind of person that wants to just hop on a call to talk about things. No, I want to talk about it through email. And this has got me in trouble in the past. I actually had a client who, in my contract, is pretty clear. We have one call throughout your project, but she wanted to get on. I think it was a third one at that point for revisions. Like, well, one, I don't want to take your revisions over the phone because it's just an opportunity for you to bash me and for me to have to, you know, look totally professional, even if I'm getting negative feedback, because that's the kind of person she was. So those kinds of things just aren't cool. When I turned down that call, it 
turn into a total nightmare. So just make sure from the very beginning you're really clear about how you communicate. In my welcome packet and intro packet, I have how communication happens. So if someone says, hey, can we jump on the phone real quick? I'm like, no, but you have X many calls left. You can schedule one here. So just watch out if it's looking like a client is not going to line up with you on that. Definitely. And I think this is something you can keep in mind before you have even booked the project when you're really just trying to figure out the specifics, maybe to even send a proposal. If the person is saying they want to jump on the phone with you and you don't have anything about phone calls on your website because they make you have cold sweats at night or something weird, then that is a red flag. You don't want to take that client. And it's okay to kind of say, Either one, I don't want your project and send them someone else, or two, just explain to them that that's not the way you're most comfortable communicating. And I know that you brought up a really good point is revisions over the phone. I'm okay jumping on the phone or Skype with a potential client before the project is getting started, especially if I'm still trying to get a clear idea of what exactly it is they're needing. And I've actually jumped on the phone with one client I can think of specifically during the project because I felt like we weren't communicating very well via email. And I just knew that if we got on the phone, it would be so much easier to kind of figure out what she was trying to say and communicate what I was trying to say. But during the project, I do not like to do that. I don't want to get on the phone to get revisions because it is way too easy to miss something. You have to try to take notes. Not only that, but like you said, if they have negative feedback for you, then you have to you know, have a blank face. You have to take it very professionally. If you're not used to that or comfortable and feel like you can actually do that, then it's important to make sure that you're very clear up front and that you do steer clear from those people who are very obviously, they're they're used to being on the phone, they want to talk to you on the phone, just huge red flag. Yep, yep, for sure. And you can you can tell people this, you know, in a professional way if they reach out and want to talk on the phone. Um, just say, you know, it's it's easier for me to go over things on email that way. I don't miss anything and we have a record and that's really important for me. Try that. If they're not cool with that, that's where this becomes a red flag. So give it a try. <laughs> Exactly. That's actually something I've done, I think, with one client. They wanted to get on the phone, and I had to say, I don't do it this way, and it's because I will miss something, and I want to make sure that you're getting the best experience and that I am covering everything that you need so we can keep the project moving smoothly. And most clients are totally going to understand that, especially small business owners who, you know, realize that you are a freelancer or you have your own very small business, they're going to understand that not everyone is totally used to that style of communication. And they're going to be so much more likely to bend to what you want to do. It's those people who I feel like are older. A lot of older clients want to get on the phone because that's what they are used to doing. And if you ever take on corporate clients, you should definitely be used to them wanting to Skype or meet in person if they're local clients because that's something they are used to. Mm -hmm. Very good points. Very true. 
So at the end of the day, it's really all about figuring out what you are comfortable dealing with. So some of these things to you might not be red flags. To the majority of people and to us, they are all huge, red, big nose, flashing signs, (laughs) don't take on this client. Um, And the downside is that sometimes you have to go through the bad experience, unfortunately, to know what to look out for in the next projects. So things like I don't know, the person being really pushy at the beginning Mm -hmm. of their, you know, your time communicating together or the person who is too vague or whatever that is. Sometimes you do just have to experience that to know, okay, I don't want to work with this person anymore. And then kind of like what I was talking about with my recent um, bad client experience that I had, some other times you don't know it. You know, so I think that's another thing to keep in mind because I do see a lot of a a lot of designers saying, you know, what are red flags I can look for? And I always want to comment and say, not everyone has red flags. I know I'm saying this in a joking way, but sometimes the crazy really doesn't come out Mm -hmm. either because they don't feel, you know, they don't have that same kind of passion once you're actually working on the project together or for whatever reason. So you may not realize that they're a crazy, awful client until after you're already working on it and then it's just too late. You kind of got to stick it out or put yourself in a sticky situation. Yep. So the action steps for you for this episode, um, first, take a look at any projects you have had that were not enjoyable, or maybe they didn't end well, and really examine why they were like that. So was it you? Was it your client? Was it the project itself? You just didn't enjoy that type of design work. Um, It might have been something we talked about here, or it could have been something totally different. So then make a note to look out for those things the next time you're getting inquiries. So maybe you have this little sticky note where you can say, okay, this person had two out of four of these, so they're a big no. Or you can say, okay, this person had none of these things. Um, their, their project doesn't sound super exciting, but I need to eat this month, so I'm going to take it. You know, something like that, whatever it is. You just have to know where you're going to draw that line in the sand um, and then really make sure you stick to it. And then just kind of do your best navigating those client experiences as they come. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co. If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design.